Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You know, I have you around for a reason, believe it or not. It's certainly not your good luck. No, it's not. Okay, well, there's a reason. And that's your reason, folks. It's that, like that. I mean... No, early game out in London. I don't think the Rams have a firepower. I'm going Giants. On a national level, how big do you think a Cubs versus Indians World Series would be? We'll go wild saying Ricky Vaughn. Hey, here's the Terminator. If you if you get a piece of it, you can rename it. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you are listening to the hard-hitting Fantasy Jester Show. That would be for me. (laughs) How's everybody doing? Who's ready for a great, great night? How's everyone? Fantasy Justice Show. I am he, the one, the only, the blue beard. (sighs) Ready for a great one tonight. I couldn't tell you. Before the show, uh, I was testing out the new sound system in the studio and uh, having a good time with that. So to say I am pumped. I'm all set for tonight's show. I have my malt balls that Mrs. Jester gave me tonight to uh, get me through the show, which might be a difficult one at times. Uh, I have a feeling that my co-host, Jason Townsend, who most of you know is JT, those of you who are new, uh, my co-host JT, you can find him Fez437 on Twitter, will be joining us, and I'm sure I'm in for a rough night tonight. So uh, Mrs. Jester loaded me up with a couple of Swedish fish and uh, some opals. So I am armed for anything, I believe. Fantasy Jester prediction, special edition. Yeah, two-hour show tonight. This week on the show, our resident medical expert, Sarah Kelly, PA-C, which that dash C also has its own lead, joins us. In a pre-recorded interview, Justice sits down with her to discuss ACL injuries. I'm reading on the screen from Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening live, you're seeing it right there on the screen in front of you. A little limited on the pictures today. We uh, changed computer systems in the new studio and uh, still loading in all the new pictures. So you get mine and JT's beautiful face all night long. Enjoy. Um, But... Realistically, getting back to everything, Jester sits down with her to, sit, to discuss the ACL injuries. And it just seems to be right in time for a very big one with Geis now missing the whole season, his whole rookie year. But Jester really wanted to sit down and talk Aaron Rodgers' shoulder with her, an unexpected must-listen-to interview. I came away, and I don't... <laughs> 
I went there for one thing, and I got something completely different. And it's an interview. If you're a Green Bay fan, if you have stock, fantasy stock in Aaron Rodgers, you're going to want to hear that interview. First preseason games are in the book. Who's going to tank? Who's overhyped? Who isn't being talked about enough? We're going to talk tonight. Fantasy players, we're going to bring in Nick Katowski on a pre-record. We broke it up. I sat with Nick the other day. We started talking fantasy because he, uh, he couldn't make it prior obligations for tonight, but wanted to go ahead and chew his ear and get his thoughts on wide receivers and tight ends. I've just started to release my rankings. Today was the tight ends. Tomorrow is uh, the wide receivers. I'll be getting enough tonight for the uh, tight ends. Next week, uh, I'll be covering the wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks. Uh, Two of the articles will have already been out, the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. Spreading it out a little, folks. Plus, I can only take so many beatings at once on any given night. I am no longer as young as the Bluebeard would suggest. Anyway, folks, Nick's coming in. We're going to see what he has to say. We've got booms, busts, sleepers, JT, mine. Going to give you the stuff that you have grown. If you're, listen, if you're new to the show, there's a reason why the following is continuing to grow. And that is because of the stats, the research that we give all of you every Saturday night here on Pog Talk Radio and brought to you by FantasyChesterSports.com. And then finally, Finally, one of the things tonight, one of the fun things tonight, I should say, we'll have fins on fins with Ryan Walton, and you really don't. It says here, you don't get any closer without being a player, so we go in depth on the Miami Dolphins tonight, and and it is true. Fun times, some laughs. Uh, If you missed the last one, go back, listen to Walt Aikens join the show, and uh, just some fun times. Let's go. Let's get this rocking. Let's get this rolling. Let's get to my rant. My rant is for all you fantasy players out there. That's right. All you fantasy players that fall into one specific category. The first week. Now, when we get to the first week of the season, and we talk, we review that first week before the second week starts. I promise you're going to hear me say, what did we learn? Not a damn thing. Now that's the first week of the preseason uh, of the season. What do you think I'm saying after the first week of the preseason? Let's be real. All right. I, I hear panic. For those of you who have drafted already, I hear people panicking. I hear people claiming victory. I hear just a lot of silliness, folks. I hear people sweating that they've lost Geis already and all that. If you really believe that your fantasy season is over because you lost him this year, uh, all right, you need to listen to the show more, young man, young lady, whomever is tuning in tonight with us or listening to the archive edition on all the places that you can find your favorite fantasy podcast. Should we bring him in? 
do I have to bring him in? You know, I really, I've got to go ahead and I, I, I had an old opening for JT and I really do find this one so much more fitting. At least McNabb had, had some physical <laughs> tools, okay? Other than being a tool, he actually had some physical tools as well. <laughs> Alex Smith has a wet noodle for an arm, okay? He makes Chad wow. Pennington look like Dan Marino. So let's let's just be realistic about that. When you can say you turned Alex Smith fantasy relevant, you lead with your best foot. That's your best foot. And if you're Rex Ryan, you stay away from feet completely. That's right. Fez437 on Twitter, if he's doing that just as a regular on the show, I can only imagine what I'm in for tonight. Let's bring him in here, coming to you from Texas tonight, the one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, how you doing, man? Well, Jester, you know, is it, is it possible for me to go back on vacation after you, uh, you're welcoming in there? I think I missed the African tribe music for the first time ever. Wow. See? Way, way to bring me back there, man. See? Way to, way to, you really did like the African music. Oh, I'm, I, or, comparatively to that, yeah, especially when I didn't know you were recording me at that point in time. But uh, I do have to say this. You know, I was listening to your rant, and you had me laughing because I've heard a few people already, you know, the, it's, uh, you know they got the little rain clouds following them around at work today because, oh, you know, Geis is out for the year, and I, and I drafted him. And, you know, uh, yeah, just like the Jester said, if your season's over because you drafted Geis, well, guess what? Your season was over before you drafted guys. Let's be realistic. But, uh, you know, I want to throw one thing in here, and Jester didn't know this was coming, and Jester knows oh, how God. I feel about this topic, and I cannot believe I'm going to say this and bring this up, but can the guy in the Oval Office shut up about the anthem protest and start worrying about this country, you moron? Can you shut up about the anthem protest and start running the country? You know, the job that you were elected to do. Plain and simple. Just stop it, as the gesture would say. Stop it. Yeah, stop it. Uh, I got to And really, folks, more times than not, we really try and stay away from all that crap because that's all it is. It, it, it's fodder for, for the extremists to talk about, okay? Honestly, <laughs> it is uh, – it's something that, yes, I agree with you 100% in that I wish my leader of my country would worry more about the issues at hand than what's going on at a football game. I, I really believe, and I, I said, to, it's funny, go back uh, today on my Twitter. I uh, When you have the opportunity after the show, I know you've been busy today. On my Twitter okay. account, folks, I actually tweeted earlier today. You'll see it. I can't make this up. Uh, I'll I'll pull it back up and post it later on because uh, it's a valid point right now that JT brought it up. But that same exact commentary to our president when he made another reference today about football, and I just said, listen, <laughs> please, please. Work with us. Go take care of the important <laughs> crap. We got well, this. Really. For someone who sure doesn't like football, he sure watches a lot of it. You know, it's just like anyway. But let's talk about something something fun. We're talking about with tight ends tonight. We got wide receivers tonight. We got fantasy football right on the corner. Our big draft just over a week away. Thank God. I can't wait. Right. I've taken it, oh, folks. And, and here's the thing. 
I know. I knew. I know. I know it all. Folks, I, in both of these leagues that we're talking about, I traded away Hopkins. And, yes, uh, you did. I had, I, I, yeah, you're welcome. Matter of fact, you're one of the people that I traded him to, and then I traded him to somebody else. And I have two crappy dynasty teams. It's true story. I have two crappy dynasty teams that I'm working on building. And I believe I took my best asset, split it into two draft picks in one case, two draft picks and a player in another, and, and now have to rely on my ability to make those draft picks count. It's, it's a boomer or bust deal. Either this works out beautifully and I get two studs for one or right. it, it's, I mean, I believe, I believe that, and maybe this is exaggerating, and you know what? I don't mind, JT. If I, if I am, call me out on air. I don't care, man. But I believe at the very least with my abilities between the two picks, I should at least be able to break even and get back another stud player. You would think. And then the, the format we play where it's a dynasty league, 14 teams, uh, with rookie keeper status and that sort of thing. With that kind of league in this particular draft, how deep it is at the skill positions, even minus Darius guys. It's a very, very deep draft. So, yeah, I would think you should do just fine with an extra first and second round pick in one and two extra seconds in another. Well, and my belief is is that with all with the two seconds, with the two seconds, all right. Here's what I what I'm going to do with it is tell everybody what I actually did after the draft with those two seconds. You have a nice night. Nice try. Close, folks. Close, close, close. <laughs> when the enemy tries to pull the crap out of you on air, figuring, oh, he's just going to go for Look, it. He's on air. No, no, Knuth. no. I know you better than that. But see, I just want to make Knuth. not next week. Not next week, but two weeks from tonight. Two weeks. I just want to lord it over you that that guy that wears 26 for Big Blue will be residing upon my roster. Hey, not for a lack of trying. I did everything I could. No, no, it's not. You're just being mean. You're just being mean. Period. I am. I'm a mean guy. I mean, you, you, you played that clip. McNabb hates me, let alone Alex Smith. So, I got a list. You grow. You've got a growing list. So, and, and hey. no, that's not very nice when when your co-host on a show that you've been doing for years is a giant fan, and I can't trade for Saquon Barkley. I mean, that's terrible. That's mean. I just that's want to say cruel. this one that's last thing. That's borderline cruel. It is, but I want to say this one last thing, and it's a phrase that you know I brought up a while back, and you've adopted it, and I did borrow this from Jerry Maguire, but it's. Show business, not show friends. No show, kiss my ass. <laughs> I hate you right now. No, you took. You know how I felt. I was jumping around. Mrs. Jester was scared for me the other night. Barkley ran for thirty nine, okay, and I almost ran across my living room for thirty nine. You kidding? Hey, I, you gotta love his attitude, though. You gotta love his attitude about that. Hey, it's preseason. It don't mean nothing, man. You know, gotta love that kid's work ethic and his attitude. He has, in some great players at a young age, you see kind of what makes them great. It is they are old souls. They are just yeah. old. They're mature beyond their years. And uh, he's one of those players. 
I and that's see, what's crazy. I see two players. I see mm-hmm. two players when I look at him. I see a little bit of Thurman Thomas in him, but hopefully he remembers where he put his helmet when the Giants make mm. the Super Bowl. And I see a lot of Marshall Falk in him. The way he's making line calls, uh, you know, that sort of thing like Marshall did for Peyton Manning. Peyton's rookie year in Indianapolis, people don't realize. Marshall Falk made all the line calls, not Peyton Manning. But I see that kind of intelligence, attitude, work ethic, and ability in this guy. And if he's even half of those two players, the Giants got themselves an absolute stud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Without a question. I know that. And you are keeping him from me cruelly. Um, And that's okay. I'll let you continue on being cruel as we go ahead. And uh, real quick, let's talk about the – there's one player, I'm sure, because there always is, (laughs) one player that you always say, okay, that's the one that I think you're completely insane on. Who's my insane – uh, folks, I'm talking about the article I just released today. I'm going to be going over the different positions, NFL rankings, 1 to 10 uh, uh, for fantasy sports, and did the tight end article. It's on fantasyjusticesports.com. And number four, I believe, is the one that is causing quite the buzz. Well, well yeah, and, and see, who's being cruel? Because you're making me pick on my college team, one of my former Miami Hurricanes, and David and Joku. Are you kidding me? Fourth, you've got Landry, who's a target monster. In theory, we're going to have Josh Gordon in there. Des in Bryant's theory. visiting Cleveland this week. It's still yeah, a theory. Des Bryant's visiting Cleveland this week. Duke Johnson mm-hmm. is a target monster out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor, mm-hmm. I mean, I go back and look at Tyrod Taylor. I don't see him lighting mm-hmm. the tight ends up over his career a whole lot. So what do you got for me? David and Joku at four? All right. Um, one of the things the young man already has in his first year is an impressive yards per catch. That's first. Uh, and he's going to be improving uh, his routes and, more importantly, his hands. Uh, he worked on that during the offseason. They say his concentration level is so much better, where last year the uh, gripe with the coaches with him is that he would go ahead, have a bad play, and then let it carry and eat at him for a couple of plays and just throw him off. They're not seeing that from him this year. So a little maturity helps, but more than what he's doing, uh, and especially after the, the, the preseason game, just like was the icing on the cake for me, that I felt that it doesn't matter who's going to be in there at quarterback. They're going to go a little bit heavier to the tight end because he is a supreme talent. This is a guy that was drafted in the first round and has that first-round ability. But here's the one thing. I believe he's supremely gifted. He's a chiseled, hard-working young man. And like I said, having that maturity to get over making a mistake, it it wasn't a maturity of him being out partying. It was a maturity of don't beat yourself up, forget about it, move on. Okay? So here's the part, though, that I think people miss. Now, the last time I checked right now, I know people aren't crazy about the man there yet uh, in you, Jackson. I know you feel very strongly about him. But I, last time I checked, I like he's you. still the – Yeah, yeah, exactly. You feel very strongly about him. And uh, last time I checked, he is still the coach, correct? He is. And, and he has something to say about that offense, correct? Oh, he definitely does. You know, it's crazy because – you try and find, if you can, when you can, 
a coach that actually has a background and see what he does. Now, fortunately for me, back in 2014, he was the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator. In 2010, he was the Raiders offensive coordinator. And all the way back to 2007, again, another coordinator. He's been an offensive coordinator all over the place. Let's take a look at some of the more talented tight ends and if Hugh Jackson used them. Well, back in 2007, I don't know if you remember a guy named Algernon Crumpler. Good old Algie. Yeah. Okay, well. Falcons fame most of the time. Algie had 70 targets that year. 2010, Zach Miller for the Oakland Raiders had 92 targets. Mm -hmm. Jermaine Gresham. Cincinnati in 2014, 79 targets. Hugh Jackson likes to finally go to that tight end when he feels comfortable with him. And when you spend a high first round pick on a tight end and you've got a coach with a history of wanting, wanting to go to his tight end, you're going to see Zach Miller type targets on a team that you're hoping for Gordon. And what are you getting from Dez, a guy that that doesn't – he hasn't hit 50% uh, completion percentage to him in three years. Mm-hmm. Juice, Juice is a little smaller. Juice is going to be your possession guy. Okay, I'm talking Jarvis Landry. Okay, folks. right. All right, so I'm going – and then now what I saw – in that first preseason is a, a use by both quarterbacks and both quarterbacks when it came money time, when it came red zone, when it came end zone, who were they looking for? The guy with the talent, not the guy with the mouth and juice, not the guy that's not there and we don't know when he's going to come, not the guy in Des that you don't know what you're getting. You truly have no clue what you're getting if you're taking Des. No, you go with the talent that's the known talent besides Juice. He's going to be the t- he's going to be the red zone guy. That's what okay. counts in fantasy. Now, I got a question for you, Jester. So, right. here's the here's the here's the hole in in, in your in your sentence that I, or in your statement that I see. I look at okay. it and say, yeah, Hugh Jackson was the OC in those places. The Browns mm-hmm. now have Todd Haley as their mm-hmm. OC, the mm-hmm. same the same guy that called Hugh Jackson out in the media the other day, saying, "I'm not the one that wants to keep Baker Mayfield on the bench." I mean, can you? There's already going to be infighting between those two. The only thing that's bigger than than Todd Haley's mouth is his head. Okay, this is a guy <laughs> that's, that's got an ego. And if you look at his days in Pittsburgh, I didn't see Todd mm-hmm. Haley utilize the tight end position all that much. So it's Todd Haley that's calling the plays, not Hugh Jackson. So it's Todd Haley. He did when he had Gonzalez. When he had Gonzalez, but this kid's not Tony Gonzalez. He's not Tony Gonzalez, but he's not a schmuck either, though. I agree with you. I like his talent. I like his talent. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I think he's going to be a very good player. I just look at it and say, is Todd Haley utilized him enough? I think four is a little early for him. I can see him in the top ten, 
But I think four with Todd Haley be now if Hughes the OC calling the plays, I get I get your completely what you're saying. I just think Todd Haley is notoriously more of an outside receiver, not even a slot guy, likes the outside guys. I just think we're gonna see more of that from Cleveland. Okay. Interesting. What we did do as we continue on, what we'll do is we're going to get back to tight ends a little bit later. What we were able to do is I was sitting down with Nick Katowski, our little fantasy uh, goose, <laughs> our fantasy goose. Uh, we're going to cook his goose um, and have him on. Actually, we're going to sit down the three of us uh, on next week's show. This week we're pre-recorded with Nick and uh, here's what we had when I sat down with him and we started talking NFC boom for wide receivers. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the fantasy gesture. You know, and, that, and that's really getting to be more and more the theme of some of the players. It's not just, you know, guys on the street and all that. It's great. Great fan base we're building here, but it is players. Uh, and former players and whatnot. And as we get into this football talk now, what we're going to do is the other day we were able to uh, pre-record with Sarah. And now today I'm pre-recording with Nick Katowski, who's been a guest of the show now. It's starting to become a regular. It's a little scary. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see how this continues through this football season. And so that's why I'm really happy to have him tonight on the show. And what we're going to do is we're going to break it up, this pre-recorded portion and the live portion of the show with JT and myself. And we're going to go over the breakdown, NFC, AFC, sleepers, booms, busts for the tight end and wide receiver position, all wrapped around the two articles, as you can go on, Fantasy Justice Sports dot com and go see those predictions okay and see what i have as my lists but right now to help join us with this conversation nick katowski nick how are you doing today i am doing great jester uh it looks like things are rolling along nfl season is into full swing and i am just sitting back and getting ready to enjoy it yeah, now, folks, we're recording this, and the uh, preseason games were played last night. We got a, the first run of Barkley looked great. Maybe not the other ones, but those first one, that first one looked pretty good, Nick. Oh, absolutely. He took off. I think you're going to see more of him taking off down the field. I think he kind of maybe showed everybody what he can do, and then he kind of pulled it back a little bit so that he doesn't injure himself. So I think – yeah, the, where they bottle them up for four or five yards afterwards, I really don't think you're just going to bottle them up for four or five more yards. The guy's going to take off uh, on multiple plays all, all the game. One of the interesting things I noticed, though, is more times than not, they ran him over that right side, not the much heralded and expected to be stronger left side. So that was interesting maybe to throw people off of what they intend to do or – Maybe they're just planning to run right a lot. I don't know. It's going to be interesting as that all unfolds. What also is going to be interesting, and let's get this started off with the discussion tonight, NFC wide receiver boom for you is 
Nick? My NFC wide receiver boom this year is Adam Thielen. Now, I've heard it go both ways where people are saying, oh, you got Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. He's going to go down the field. He's going to go down the field. He's going down the field to Stephon Diggs. And that leaves Thielen going, oh, what am I going to do with my 143 receptions I had last year? Well, if you already know he's going down the field, you're going to start covering Stephon Diggs. You're going to leave Thielen open more. On top of it, Thielen's got the 10th easiest schedule for wide receivers this year. It means more targets, more yards. He's getting a better QB that can whip the ball in there. And I just think they're going to end up using him a lot more than people are anticipating. I don't see a decline in him. I do see him. Is he going to put up 143 targets this year? No. He's probably going to put up anywhere from 110 to 120, but he's going to be super productive. I've already talked about before, and you can go on the Facebook page and see my thoughts on Cousins, his strengths, (laughs) and this offense's uh, tendencies. So we'll go ahead now. We're going to discuss the wide receivers, JT and I, myself, over the boom Uh in the NFC. Wow. Jester, Jester, I got a question, Okay. If you catch 143 balls, and we're talking in fantasy now because that's what we're doing here, and you mm-hmm. catch 20 to 30 less balls, how's that not a decline? Uh, my, 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 I, I understand. Okay, you got that angle from it. My part of it was NFC boom. I think, when I think of boom, I think of a guy exploding on the scene, not a guy that's already on the scene. Right. Am I wrong you know there? I mean? No, I agree completely, and I'll get to another reason on why I disagree with his his part there. But I and I and I, you and I have talked about this earlier in the day. I think Lequan Treadwell is going to take a lot of those catches away from Adam Thielen. I think Treadwell is going to show why he was a first round pick. Now that he has a quarterback, and he's finally got, I think, in good enough with the coaching staff where they're going to let him get out there. He's going to pass Jarius Wright on that depth chart uh, or take that number three spot where he belongs. But we'll talk a little later. But, yeah, I'm sorry. You dropped 33 targets down or 33 catches in one season. I'm sorry, my friend. That's a decline, decline, Nick. Got to give you that, bud. Uh, Yeah. What I'm going to do, folks, and so that you know what we're doing here is uh, I because I haven't released the wide receiver article until tomorrow, I'm just going to go ahead and go back and forth with what these guys have and agree or disagree or give little points here. So, JT, go ahead and give your boom what you have for a boom, and then I'll give commentary on them too. Well, a guy that I'd like to talk about, we're talking about a guy that I think is going to boom this year in the NFC is a guy near and dear to your heart. I think Sterling Shepard is the NFC boom wide receiver. I see a healthy Odell Beckham back to draw coverage on one side. I see a second-year tight end in Evan Ingram that the safeties have to respect in the middle of the field. The guy we already talked about in Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield who runs very pristine routes as a running back, catches the ball very well. I think the linebackers are going to have to keep an eye on him. I see Mr. Shepard getting a lot of single coverage. We saw what he could do last year, and he was basically your number one receiver and drew a lot of coverage last year. So you saw a decline in the touchdowns from eight to two. Uh, you saw six less catches, but we also saw him get around 50 more yards, so 731 yards last year. But with these factors, offensive line improvement, and these other players back, I see a lot of single coverage for Sterling, and I see Sterling having a big season. 
Interesting. Interesting in between the two. Again, like I said, don't want to get too far ahead of myself, ahead of this article and next week's show. But um, between the two, uh, more boom, though, uh, I, I have to go with dealing just for this reason only. And again, it goes against my whole boom idea. But to me, Sterling, uh, I might not see the same season you do. I see a guy that's going to be fourth on, on the pecking list in, in the talent that's in that room. I mean, between o- Odell and Ingram and, and Saquon, mm-hmm. then you get to Sterling in, in my eyes in pecking order. So it's going to be a, a tall order. It'll be interesting to watch as we move forward. Moving along, what we're going to do is go ahead and move to Nick's NFC wide receiver bust. Continuing on in the NFC, I'm speaking with Nick regarding his NFC wide receiver bust, which is Nick. All right, so my wide receiver bust stands at five foot ten. He's 190 pounds. He's surrounded by the names of Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Todd Gurley. It, by now, everybody's got to be picking. Oh, it's Brandon Cook. And this is a, I'm either going to really irritate a lot of people saying his name here, or people are going to go, I know it, I knew it, that he's spot on with it. And here's the problem that I see. You got a team that likes to spread the ball out. You Mm -hmm. got Brandon Cooks, who last year alone, let's look up his numbers, right? And you say, wide receiver one numbers. Is he going to be a wide receiver one? No. What did he put up last year? Week two. Four points. Week four, four points. Week five, eight points. Week eight, 2.5 points. All right, so now you're going on a team where he's got all this great talent and he's an extra mouth to feed, and this is the Todd Gurley show, and you are going to overdraft him. So based off of him and me saying that he's a bust, he's a bust because people are going to look at him as a super talent put him in their top 15 and that's not where he should be is he going to finish well this season yes but he's a bust because he's not going to do what you want him to do on your fantasy team Hmm, it's going to be interesting as we continue this conversation what i have to say about mr cooks and uh you know i i I have to kind of hint at this I think going from the Patriots system over over to the Rams and the difference is one thing, the tight end play. How many receptions will be available because they don't go to their tight end as much as Brady does? That's just my first opinion on it, Nick. I, I don't know how. Well, you know, I, hold on. Jester, I'm looking at that. No, no, hold on. Right. Folks, let me just, before we give an answer on that, I have to just tell you, I'm sorry. I was mid Swedish fish there and I have Miami sunglasses now as a sponsor in 84 because products that I use and whatnot. And, and, And let me tell you, if anybody knows anybody at the Swedish fish company and would like a spokesperson, I'd be more than glad to uh, talk about their product. It's been a fine product for years. Swedish fish at your local store. Um, sorry. I had to, man. Uh, 
just munching on my Swedish fish. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's a that's a fantasy jester show moment for you. So, as we were, you never know when the Swedish folks, fish are going to break out. Yeah, apparently not. Uh, yeah, I guess Go the red it. tide. Uh, the red tide scare is far overblown. Apparently, if the Swedish fish are swimming up the lake length. But anyway, so there you go. Looking at looking at Brandon Cooks, uh, I agree with your comment on the tight end play. I, I Todd Gurley's going to catch passes out of the backfield, but I think you're going to see a lot less ball some of the running backs than Cooks saw in New England. He had White and some of these other guys, you know, Gillisley and and some of these other guys that took a lot of targets. That Brady likes to throw those dump offs to the running backs. I think Cooks will hold pretty much to where he was last year. I don't see him as a bust. Uh, no. But when I do think of bust in the NFC, I'd like mm-hmm. to go over to the team that beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm. Philadelphia Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, mm. friend of a lot of people that are high on this guy. We're looking at a guy that I don't think really ever has lived up to the hype coming out of South Carolina. Uh, we're looking at a guy last year, 59 catches, um, 57 catches, 789 yards, nine touchdowns. That's a nice fantasy season. I don't think it's spectacular if he doesn't have those nine touchdowns. Who knows really what you get out of him. But we don't know what Carson Wentz is. We don't know when Carson Wentz is going to be back to himself. Does he mentally ever recover? Uh, reports say right now he's hesitant that when he's out there, Peterson says he looked hesitant on that knee. Is Nick Foles really the guy we saw in the playoffs in the Super Bowl, or is he more like the guy that we saw who was traded and became a starter in several different places and really kind of washed out? Who knows what we're going to get out of that? And then we see a guy that's already got a shoulder injury now, the oft-injured Alshon Jeffrey. But I've heard a lot of guys pumping this guy to be a top 15 wide receiver this year. Uh-uh, no. Yeah. no. Yeah. Bus written all over him. Move on. Thanks for playing. Uh, just real quick before we keep moving on to the sleeper now in the NFC, I have to go ahead and give you that one. I'll go Jeffrey between the two. Uh, for the same reason why I'm saying Ertz with the slight deduction, they're going to keep that offense very diverse, and they didn't draft a second-round tied end to have him sit on the bench. Right. Anyway, uh, so I agree with you on Jeffries. I think Brandon Cooks holds his value. I, I could actually see him, you know, maybe a slight uptick, but uh, again, I'm not seeing bust. Let's go NFC sleeper with Nick. All right, now we're, we're back with Nick and getting the NFC sleeper pick for wide receivers. Nick, what do you have? All right, so for my NFC sleeper pick, I'm going with Jamison Crowder. Now, some people are probably going to say, yeah, I really don't agree with that at all. But last year, by week seven, you were probably cursing up a storm if you drafted Jamison Crowder. By week seven, he had no trade value, no waiver wire appeal to anyone. He was like the leper of the NFL. No one wanted to touch him. Simple reason, 10 fantasy points through week seven, 10. Maybe if you had some bonus points in a PPR league, he was up to 20. But now with Geis out, new QB, and Crowder still running with over a three-yard separation from anybody that's covering him, we all know that his QB does not like to throw it into tight coverage, which this leaves Crowder as the only viable option on this team for putting up 
huge fantasy numbers in a sleeper pick. Sleeper. That's why I'm. That's why I'm picking. You're calling Trump. it a sleeper pick. I, I let me ask you something. You're in Florida, right? Yes, I am. Is that one of them there marijuana states, sir? With that pick? Not yet, but it. Not yet, but in November it will be. Is that the up in smoke pick, sir? Uh, that's my question. Well, uh, sleeper? That's going to be interesting. I'm going to drop that one. Let's go to JT first. Yeah, we're going to go to JT first on it. Uh, I'm going to leave it. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. He put me asleep with that sleeper pick. Are you kidding me? Jamison Crowder as a sleeper pick? Okay, had you, if you wanted to stick with the Redskins and you want to go Josh Doxson, you may have had some interest in me in there, you know, maybe something. Uh, but you're talking about this is one of those people that must have drafted, uh, you know, Darius Geis early in the draft. So because Darius Geis is out, Jamison Crowder is going to get more targets. Have you ever heard of Chris Thompson, Nick? I mean, you might want to look into this guy in your fantasy league if you want to talk about a running back that catches the ball out of the backfield. I don't see Darius Geis being the, the, the target monster, my friend. Let's talk real sleepers, okay? Let's talk about a kid out in San Francisco named Marquise Goodwin. This is what you want out of your sleeper. I look at a guy that once Jimmy Garoppolo got there, the first game with Garoppolo, eight catches, 99 yards. Second game with Garoppolo, six for 106. Third game with Garoppolo, 10 for 114. I see a trend. I see a guy that's an Olympic track athlete that has honed his route running and receiving ability under Kyle Shanahan and a guy that I think is going to absolutely explode onto the NFC with Jimmy Garoppolo this year, Marquise Goodwin, my NFC sleeper. At 17.2 yards per catch, it makes for a very interesting pick because Garoppolo, sorry, folks, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to make some people happy with this, but he looks like the real deal. I, I have oh, yeah. a bunch of people I've talked to that are arguing with me on this one, but I, I, I'm sorry. I understand it's a small sample size. If I hear that one more are time. Are they being Ruat? No, Ruat's still hiding. Ruat's <laughs> still hiding. One New England loss in the Super Bowl. He still hasn't come out of hiding. Post-Tani, but good news. This Post-Tani Ruat must have saw his shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no good news this week. He got great news from the doctor. So I'm going to leave off him for one oh, more week. Let him, let him enjoy. And then, you know what? I'm going to try and bring him on next week, uh, folks. Perfect. Pay attention to if I have Gary Ruat on. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and if I do, you're going to want to tune in. Oh, but yeah, yeah no. Um, 17.2. And you got to figure Garoppolo. Like I said, I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I don't think. I think this is the real deal the kids polished and and Goodwin seems to be like it could be his go-to guy it's going to be very interesting Mr. Goodwin's very hard to cover folks okay you're talking about a former track star so a former Olympian um yeah <laughs> not a slouch good pick uh, and again over Crowder and Goodwin personal Nick uh, JT just slapped the piss out of you on that one um Let's go on. Let's go to AFC boom for wide receiver because this is another one that I, I he's had he had a couple of good ones and this one uh the sleeper and the boom I'm sorry uh well I'll let everybody decide. All right, so you know I I've 
I have some insight on this one, and you better make a good case for this one, Nick. AFC wide receiver boom. Uh, my wide receiver boom this year, I'm saying welcome back to Marius Thomas. Last year, he finished the 23rd-ranked wide receiver in standard scoring formats. Now, it's been a downward trend for him for years. This year, he's got Cortland Sutton to pull some pressure off of him. He shed over 20 pounds, and he says he's found a new passion for football, and he wants to continue to play, where last year he was doubting himself. Anybody that can find more passion that says, hey, I'm beat up, but look at what I did. I changed my diet. I moved forward. I shed the weight. I'm faster. I'm leaner. I'm standing at six foot three, and now I've got a quarterback that's a gunslinger that's going to feed me the ball. I'm looking for him in the red zone. I'm looking for him from anywhere from 80 to 100 yards a game. He's already cited by the coaches to receive more than 25% of the passes. That's not 25% of the targets. It's 25% of the passes. So that could move you up to 50% of the targets very easily. I think Demarius Thomas is going to light it up, and I think uh, you will get a very great value of a pick because a lot of people are going to question whether or not he can do that still. Hmm. Hmm. You know, folks, there's a wrestling term, heel and face, and I'm going to let the heel, who I believe is a better heel than I, um, at times, JT handle this one. Uh, Jester, I'm I'm baffled at this point. I don't even know where to start. So 25% of the targets and 25% of the passes, uh, aren't the passes the targets? Anyway. Okay, and, and I'm sorry. I know we're not talking about I'm out on the new tonight, math. But... You gotta understand, I'm old. Yeah. I'm out on that new math. I'm That's sorry, be is this math. like is this like trigonometry or something that this guy's going with? Because and, and I'm sorry, I know we're not talking quarterbacks till next week, but when did Case Keenum become a gunslinger? When did when did this happen? Did I miss the memo? Did I miss a staff meeting? Um No, you it's didn't great. hear. And I'm, and I, oh, I didn't, didn't hear. And it's gr- Oh, it's great that Demarius is 6'3". Oh, yeah, fill me in on Case Keenum, the gunslinger, Brett Favre Jr. Uh, during the offseason, he is one of the cast of characters at Wild West City in Neck Kong, New Jersey. <laughs> Go right ahead, gunslinger. <laughs> but, I mean, let's let's be real. I, I'm not even going to talk about Demarius Thomas. I'm 6'3". I've lost 40 pounds in the last three months. That don't mean I'm going to go out there and make the Pro Bowl. Let's just be honest. So, let's talk about... Let's talk about my boom guy. Let's talk about a guy in Pittsburgh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Goodbye, Martavis. Get Juju in there where he belongs. Not that Martavis was a big factor last year, but he did take some snaps away from Juju. But I'm looking at a kid that finished this season six for 114, and uh, six for 75 in a touch, nine for 143 in a touch. We're also talking about a guy that had a seven-catch, 193-yard in a touchdown game during the season. And, he only had one catch in his first preseason game, but, oh, by the way, it was for 71 yards and a touchdown. This guy is unstoppable. Ben Roethlisberger is so pissed off that the Steelers went out and drafted a quarterback where they did in this draft. <laughs> I think Big Ben is going to go absolutely hellacious on the AFC and any team that gets in Pittsburgh's way this year to prove a point. And I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be the recipient of a lot of that. So he's my, uh, he's my boom player for the AFC. Wow. 
Wow. Wow. All right. All right. Now, let me ask you something real quick. As you mentioned, Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger goes out there. What are the chances Roethlisberger goes out there, lights it up, and then walks away from the game and the Steelers and just says, see it. You know, last he year for Super Bowl, him? rides off into the sunset. Why not? I don't think it's his last year because I don't think the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. And I like the Juju pick over Demarius, but then again, I'd probably like your chances over Demarius. No, all right, never mind. Not that bad. <laughs> AFC boss, let's get moving because we got Walton coming in in a little bit. Folks, Ryan all Walton, right. Fins and Fins, and just a little bit. Fun times. Looking forward to that. Then we have Sarah Kelly interview. Then we have the tight ends going on in this packed two-hour special edition. Let's get to it with his AFC bust. You know, coming off of that, what I want to do is talk about now AFC wide receiver bust Josh Gordon. Is that who you're giving as your bust? I am giving Josh Gordon as my bust. Now, here's the issue that I see. Number one, he's not on the field right now. Something's going on with him, right? Number two, he's got Tyrod Taylor as a QB. And as good as Tyrod Taylor can be, the guy doesn't turn the ball over, but he's also competing against Landry. And in watching Tyrod Taylor for so many years, he locks in on one wide receiver. It doesn't matter if that receiver is open. Josh Gordon could be flying down the field, wide open, waving his hands. He could run into the end zone, grab the touchdown flag, and wave it over his head, and Tyrod Taylor still won't see him. All right? So that's why he's going to be a bust. It has nothing to do with his ability. It has nothing to do with his uh, uh, lack of targets that he might see or, or how much he's on the field. It has everything to do with the QB who's throwing him the ball. So until Cleveland makes that switch to Baker Mayfield, Josh Gordon is going to be a bust. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, first, before we get to Gordon, how long before Mayfield takes over that first spot? I'm giving Mayfield four weeks. Now, I would love to see him in week number one, especially with the hype that is coming out of Cleveland over him. And there's only so much pressure that the coach and the owners are going to take before they say, all right, Tyron Taylor, you're doing a good job, but we've got to see what we have here. And we are going to put in a guy who, yes, Tyron Taylor won't turn the ball over, but he's also not going to score you a ton of points. So it's kind of a give and take type of thing. Are you going to put Mayfield in? who's going to occasionally overthrow a pass, occasionally throw the ball right into a linebacker's hands? Or are you going to put a guy in who's going to throw less than 15 passes a game and hope that 12 points wins you a game? Hmm. I have my own distinct opinion on Mayfield. We'll get to that. Let's get back to wide receiver Busto and Josh Gordon. You mentioned something interesting about not – him not being there yet. And I'm going to go ahead and let JT start this off because he had an interesting comment regarding Gordon and his appearance right now. JT, go ahead and give that. Well, you know, uh, 
just from looking at things and you think of Josh Gordon's checkered past with the drugs several times and the other issues, and then you just happen to have HBO hard knocks, the bright lights and probing cameras of HBO hard knocks there, and I just kind of wonder if, uh, and this isn't my own thought, this is from a good friend of mine that actually brought this to my attention. I want to give credit where credit's due, but it makes a lot of sense. Is he, is he being hidden from HBO? You know, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy. Maybe the Browns are worried that we could see a relapse or something of that nature. So otherwise, if he's doing this on his own, why are they so willing to just go ahead and overlook the, uh, the, the, the service time for the free agency uh, after this season? So it just seems to me like the Browns maybe are trying to hedge their bets and, and keep them away from the bright lights. It, 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 that's an extremely interesting point. I like it. I like it in this sense. It's not like he already isn't going to be more than likely the main focal point of this offense. This is, this is why his ADP is really so low. Uh, and I question how much of this is really a bust. A guy at, with an ADP of 196 to me really isn't a bust. So, I, I, again, I'm not expecting a lot out of him, so I, I can't really call him a bust. I mean, I'm not but, trying to right. draft him. It seems like nobody's trying to draft him. So who's somebody that maybe with a higher ADP can you give that's a bust? Well, a guy that, um, you know, and it kind of falls into something that you were talking about. We all know your feelings on Patrick Mahomes, quarterback in Kansas City. I'd like to talk Ooh. about the newly acquired Sammy Watkins that, you know, Ooh. granted we're talking about a guy 39 catches, 600 yards, eight touchdowns last year. A lot of people saw big stuff from this guy when he was drafted out of Clemson. Really never showed in Buffalo. Honestly, really never showed you know, with the Rams. We're talking about a guy, though, that a lot of people are taking eh, relatively high. And this is a guy that's got chronic hip issues. Oh, and by the way, hurt his hip in the preseason game the other night already. Uh, but this is a guy that I just don't see it. That is Travis Kelsey, Spencer Ware, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill's team. Honestly, if we yes. go back to your kind of theory, thinking Sterling Shepard's the fourth target in New York, I see him as the, mm-hmm. probably the 4A or 4B in Kansas City with Spencer Ware. So Sammy Watkins is my AFC buck. Yeah, and with, with a lesser quarterback, I'm sorry, until he proves himself. And, yeah, uh, we're going to be getting into folks – we're going to be getting into my wide receiver rankings next week. We'll be getting into the quarterback rankings next week for tonight. Just giving a little bit here, comparisons of what I see. And as far as ADP, yeah, uh, the better the better bust there to me is Watkins. Moving right along, got to get Ryan in here soon. I want to have some fun, man. Ryan's, Ryan brings that fun from Miami. We've got... Speaking of fun in Miami, before I move on, uh, Tuesday, folks, if anybody's in Miami down by the uh, Miami practice field, I'll be uh, I'll be floating around there. I'll be over in the VIP section saying hello to everybody. So if you want to come on down to Miami camp, it's the last one of the preseason on Tuesday. Getting back to AFC, the sleepers, here is what Mr. Neek, Mr. Goose, gave us for a sleeper. Keeping on those wide receivers in the AFC, we're going to go sleeper this one, Nick. Who do you have? All right. So, 
for my sleeper, I am picking Kelvin Benjamin. And I'm saying he's going to finish in a top 30 wide receiver or better this year. Now, you go, well, who's going to throw him the ball? Which quarterback? If you watched some of the preseason game yesterday, it doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball because in this system, Kelvin Benjamin is going to be phenomenal. L, three of the quarterbacks are able to fire the ball into the routes that are set up for him. Uh, he's big. He's listed for his average draft position at about 120, right? And he's got a lot to prove this year, especially with how he's been a little going off on the mouth about if I had a better quarterback type of stuff. So now he has a better quarterback, according to him, and he's going to step on the field and prove it. He's a former first-rounder. He's going to put up an obscene amount of targets. You saw him tiptoe in yesterday, which was an absolutely phenomenal catch. And he's going to find the red zone, and not only the red zone, but he's going to hit the end zone a lot this year. Buffalo is moving more towards a pass offense that methodically marches down the field. McCoy is transitioning away from uh, in, into his twilight years of his contract. So there's going to be a shift into what Buffalo does on the field this year. It's moving away from this heavy, heavy run offense where they lost all of their run blockers. And now they have a mix of offensive linemen that can protect the quarterback. And they have three guys that can throw the ball without having to hold on to it for a long time and think. So I'm looking at him. Oh, one other little fact for Benjamin. Eighth easiest wide receiver schedule in the league this year. Okay. All right. You know, I want to see – and it was interesting to see him do what he did last night with Peterman and that being the accurate quarterback at the time. I saw a couple of the plays uh, briefly last night with him. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see now what happens for him. You know, he's put this out there. It's his quarterback's fall, okay, and this, that, the other. And I don't know what that has to do with catch percentage and all that stuff. And we'll get into that later on as we're talking because I actually uh, am going to talk about the Buffalo team in general later on in my picks as we talk about this. Because I'll be talking about the Buffalo team as we're talking tight ends. And on my on my list, everybody's seen the article. Go check it out if you haven't. FantasyJusticeSports.com, the top 10 fantasy tight ends this year coming up right after this break. Fins on Fins with Ryan Walton. Miami Sunglasses. Whether you are starting a small business, hosting a fundraiser, or have had a store for years, Miami Sunglasses is your direct source for quality wholesale sunglasses at the best prices. With over 800 styles to choose from, there is something for everyone. Check out their low prices today. That's Miami Sunglasses. If you missed it previously on Fins on Fins. I always ask everybody this, Walt. Favorite funny story that you can share with us from the team that allow me to still be on air next week. My, my boy Bobby McCain. Um, what have he got a peek in the game or something? Made a big tackle, and Xavier Howard came up and and smacked him on the butt during the game. And Bobby flew like five yards. 
and we didn't let him live that down the entire year. That mess was so funny. It was a meme and everything. <laughs> Thank you so yes. much for coming on and taking this time tonight. We we all appreciate fin- it. And fins up. Most fins Thank up, you all for having me. Fins up. Looking forward to it, too. Tuesday, going down to the Miami camp. And uh, talking to Walt that night, he uh, he had mentioned that if he's around and has time, he's going to go ahead and be able to sign a ball, make a wish. I'm going to see whatever else I can get signed to make a wish from the gang while I'm there. But right now, the guy who has been all over the Miami camp, as always, the one, the only Finn on Finn's, Ryan Walton. Ryan, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Getting ready for another season. Got to see that first preseason oh, yeah. game. You've been seeing the practices. What do you what What are you coming away with? I mean, I, I, I the craziest part is there's some really great stuff coming out of here. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you and JT are going to bring us tonight, Rye. Uh, I don't know which one wants to start off tonight. Well, yeah, I got to jump in here because I've been dying to talk to Ryan about some of the players that we're going to see back this year, basically almost like additions to that team that were injured last year, some of the Raekwon McMillans and some of the other guys. What can you tell us about that, Ryan? Uh, Let's pick through them because, I mean, I think there's four that are meaningful and obviously they uh, affect the team in different ways. Uh, Ryan is the most obvious. Um, You know, having somebody back that's not lazy, that's actually there early, that's there late, um, I could tell you that after practice, he takes off the knee brace and he's throwing out with Kenny and Danny Amendola and they're running through the route tree and he's running through the motions without the brace. So, I mean, just obviously the chemistry and everything that's being built. You heard Landry's comments about how they didn't get together as a team. Well, he was the only one. Um, so everybody else, you know, has built a lot of chemistry over the last couple of years. Now Danny's added in, um, um, Albert Wilson's added in, so a lot of chemistry built. And Ryan being back brings a leader back there, and we don't even have to get into the into the Jay Cutler stuff. Um, I think Ryan just brings excitement to the table, and he brings a whole lot of enthusiasm to these guys that know that they can get up and move that ball downfield quick. This mm-hmm. is the way the offense is supposed to be run. Professionalism, plain and simple. Yeah, they run the scheme. Jay was lazy, and he didn't get up and, you know, run the plays the way they were supposed to be run. Um, and there's just a certain tempo to this offense that Adam Gase expects, and Jay never got there. And Ryan was ready right. to explode last year in so many people's opinion, and then he went down. So you look at him coming back, as we discussed last time I was on, having a year to watch Jay completely mess up the system. Uh, I mean, Ryan knows what to take out of it, bring it to the table, have some fresh blood in there, fresh hands, uh, Mike Kosicki, you know, guys like that around him, Uh a whole lot of excitement around Ryan. Okay, so who's next on your list? What do you got for us? Uh, We're going in rank. um, Mm -hmm. Millen, because of what it does to those around around him, I would Uh definitely say, you know, those are the two starters out of the four that I would talk okay. about, you know, so um, one and two, Ryan and Raekwon, uh, he moves Kiko back outside and Kiko's Great natural ball. outside. And, you know, he, that absolutely is going to benefit everybody around him. And then depending on who plays that third backer spot, he can be TJ McDonald 
with Minka over the top. So there's so many opportunities now with Raekwon back and healthy for things to move around, be hybrid, uh, things like that. So I, I think he's a great player, but I think more so with him, it opens up more around him. Okay. You know, and, and somebody who maybe isn't coming back from injury, but you were talking about that defense and that defensive line. What do you see? What do you see Robert Quinn's addition doing for that line? What do you What do you see his role in the Dolphins? I, you know, some of the stuff I heard was we won't see him drop like he was expected to do last season in another system. That basically is going to have his nose in the dirt, rushing the quarterback. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's exactly what they're bringing those four in for. So you've got Cam Quinn, then you've got Branch and Harris. So you're going to see a four-man rotation sometimes the way they did, remember, with Mario Williams. They'd put in Williams with Branch uh, and Wait. I think you could see that with three of the above. Um, so I think Quinn's going to be phenomenal. I mean, we've seen the guy have some big seasons in the past. You know, we're talking about the defense. i got to bring up a guy that I know you and I have talked about in the past, looking like a true lockdown corner in Xavier <clears throat> Howard right now. Got to be excited what we're oh. seeing from him. Yeah, he's going to be – I keep telling everybody top five, and people look at me like I have five heads. And I honestly, from what I have seen, there's no reason Xavier Howard isn't going to be a top five corner in the league this year. He's an aggressive kid, and I also like the way he attacks the ball. He just doesn't kind of sit there and wait. He just seems like he has a good feel for, you know, what's coming and just attacks the ball. So I'm definitely excited about him. The mainstay, Rashad Jones. We'll see Minka Fitzpatrick. Let's flip over to the offensive side of the ball, though. We've added two leaders to that team, in my opinion, and Josh Sitton at left guard and Frank Gore. Uh, what kind of positive effect or any effect have you seen them have so far on the team? I, I don't think I've personally seen it, but you've obviously seen reports coming out from the guys. I think they're going to be huge. I think they're definitely going to anchor those positions. Um, Frank Gore is said to be a 1A, 1B situation with Kenyon with Kenyon said to be in the 1A spot. And the things they've said about each other, Frank Gore made a comment the other day that they could see, he could see why they got rid of Jay Ajayi. Well, Kenyon Drake is just an all-around back. They needed to mature a little bit. So I think that Dolphins brought in a mentor, and Frank Gore can say he came to play all he wants. But they brought in a leader, and then they got Kalen Balazs. So Frank Gore Mm -hmm. to those two is going to be huge. Uh, and then Josh Sitton and Daniel Kilgore on the line just bring right. more maturity and team play. Mike Pouncey is a, a phenomenal center, one of the greatest centers probably to play in the last 10 to 20 years. But he's cocky, and he was one of those guys, along with Sue and Landry, that once he moves out of the way, it brings in another team player and hopefully a leader. So I think both those guys together, they're going to help everybody else that's young, like uh, Tunzel. Jawan James and Jesse Davis and Isaac Asiata. So, yeah, I think okay, all those veteran grinder acquisitions are huge. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do for Laramie Tunsil as well at that left tackle spot. I think uh, he can help, help Tunsil kind of achieve what everybody thought he was going to be a couple years ago. Now we're sticking on the offense, the guy you mentioned earlier, and the guy that all you fantasy players out there may have caught that name, Mike Isicki. Uh What are you seeing from him? What kind of role – or are you expecting from him, say, straight out the gate week one? I'm stoked about him. I mean, if you guys watched preseason the other night or you saw the rewind, he went up for this catch one-handed. He got his hand on it, but it was honestly an overthrown ball. 
And I don't remember who quarterback was. It was Tannehill or if it was Fails at that point. But either way, it was a, he had to get the ball out, whichever quarterback it was. And it was placed in the left pylon of the end zone. And it was so close. But Gesicki's athleticism that was shown in that play in preseason was like, all right, this dude's going to do something during the regular season. So, I don't know. We're seeing more and more of that from him. And we saw it, obviously, from his college film. Um, but I think he's just one of the more athletic tight ends you're going to see in the league right now. He reminds me of Jordan Cameron minus a handful of concussions and not being mm. able to play football. You know, I mean, right. six foot four, six foot five, athletic, fast. You know, I think he's going to be really, really good for Tannehill. Now, you got to wonder, we're talking about we talk running backs, quarterbacks. we got to talk about probably the most stocked position on the offense for the Miami Dolphins, that wide receiver position, guys like Kenny Stills, Albert Wilson, Devontae Parker, Jakeem Grant. Uh, you know, what are you seeing from the receiving core, and what do you expect, Isaiah Ford? What do you expect uh, coming out week one? What do you look like our receiving depth could be? So Isaiah Ford probably would have been number three on the uh, coming back list. Um, I guess we could start there. He yes. complicates things a lot. He, yeah, Isaiah Ford is absolutely the most complicated part of this receiving core because he's going to cost somebody a job. Um, there's multiple scenarios that play in there, but somebody as young as him uh, recovered as fast as he did from an injury. It was his first real injury. Um, he's coming back ready to go. You saw what he could do the other night in preseason. Mm-hmm. He's going to cost one of these guys a job. Um, so that leads to the question of stocked receiving call. What happens? I have several scenarios that play out, and, I mean, we can get this one out of the way first, and it's that Devontae Parker ends up on the trade block in the next couple of weeks. Um, I think that that is absolutely a possibility, seeing that, sure, he's their big guy, but we just covered Mike Gesicki, and he's a bigger guy, and he's more mature already. So uh, maturity is a big thing with Adam Gates, and Devontae Parker has had problems maturing. So hypothetically, with a stocked receiving core, the Dolphins want to get value out of their guys. Devontae Parker is the most valuable at this point that they could trade without taking a hit being in the fifth year of his contract. Scenario one for me says that Devontae ends up on the block. You see Amendola, Wilson, and still in the top three of the rotation, but in a heavy rotation with then Leonte Carew, Jakeem Grant, and Isaiah Ford, and that says they keep six. And then you got a couple of these guys that are squad eligible, and then they get Mm -hmm. a draft pick for Parker. So that's scenario one for me. Scenario two is it's Grant or Carew. So okay, and Grant's got just too much special teams value, in my opinion, to let him go. I mean, look at a guy that's not only showed at wide receiver when he got the opportunity at the end of last year, but seems like a pretty good core special teamer as well. So at that point, I would think it would be Carew that would get it would get the the, the red tag, wouldn't it? Um, Carew's a bigger body receiver, his, and his footwork is phenomenal. His route running is phenomenal. So, like, when you look at Carew and Grant that way as who's a better receiver, and solely a receiver, you have to look at Leonte Carew. Um, mm-hmm. so the thing about Grant is he is disposable now as a special teams player because you've got Danny Amendola, Albert Wilson, and Sonoris Perry but all rotate with him throughout this entire offseason, returning punts and kicks. And there's a couple other guys that actually threw in uh, preseason later in the game that were rotating that too. 
Um, so you look at it that way, Grant has become more disposable, and Kalen Balaj has a lot of those fast, you know, uh, wheel routes and things like that out of the backfield down to where that makes Grant disposable. And then Albert Wilson okay. can run a lot of the same routes as Jakeem Grant. And if Albert Wilson keeps the ball in his hands, he's a phenomenal receiver. He runs routes right. perfect. So you look at it that way, yeah, there is a lot around Grant that if Grant can't hold on to the ball himself, you know, a lot of these skill sets that are boom or bust with him make him disposable. Well, there's a lot My of teams question. out there that need wide receiver help. Uh, you seem that? to be so good, good, and then I've got a question. Go ahead, Jester. What do you got? No, no. Wait, 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 wait. Ryan, finish that thought. What you asked? I, I didn't hear you, JP. What'd you say? Oh no, I mean, I'm just looking at it and saying that there's so there's several teams out there, the Dallas Cowboys, the Baltimore Ravens, to name a few they could use help at that wide receiver position. And I wonder if maybe they wouldn't be interested in a Devontae Parker or, or something of that nature. So there's teams out there that may come knocking if Miami does do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I really think that's a, a very strong possibility over the next two weeks. You know, I'll ask a question because you've mentioned every wide receiver that could possibly get traded except for one why are you so sure Kenny Stills will still be on this team? Because he's only in the second year of that contract, and that's too much to eat. Interesting. Interesting, because you mentioned everybody else. I, I really – I think that they, they have a lot of depth there, and I see Miami doing what New England does, what we talked about Philly going to be doing just completely spreading that ball everywhere. But from a fantasy standpoint, let me ask you something, though, Ryan. From a fantasy standpoint, because you're given plenty of scenarios where it could be Kenny, it could be Devontae Parker, it could be Amendola, it could be Isaiah Ford, okay? Then you're talking about everything with Gore and and Drake and all that. And then we mentioned Gasicki. If you're sitting there looking at Gesicki, let's go with the current lineup. Let's just go with Stills, Parker, Amendola, and Gesicki. What's the pecking uh-huh. order? What's the pecking order? Um, the way I'm seeing it is Kenny's running a lot of Jarvis's routes. The way I saw it in preseason, um, Tannehill rolled out on that first play. It was That was normally Landry's route. Uh, out of the slot, coming across on that deep post, and Kenny ran it, and Kenny got the, the grab. It was perfect. So, um, you know, that's a tough one too. I, I don't, I don't think there is a pecking order. I think, it, like you just said, they're going to spread it out. But I'm just a, who's going to be in there when they spread it out. <laughs> JT, and, you know, one to throw. Yeah, one to throw in there. You know. There's a particular Miami Herald writer, uh, which I'll mention, Armando Seguero, that also covers Dolphins camp. And he's been saying one thing, play after play. And he says, get used to hearing this this phrase, Tannehill to Amendola. Tannehill to Amendola. And that's what it seems like, that absolutely Amendola is where Tannehill wants him. He knows he can trust him, and he knows he's going to come down with the ball. It just seems like that 
you know, maybe the the newer version of a Wes Welker type of guy, that receiver that A, can be a safety blanket, but B, has some big playability in there. And we're, we've already talked about on this show before, a guy that's got massive playoff winning and Super Bowl experience to bring to that locker room. So he's somebody as far as fantasy and as far as pecking order, I think, isn't getting talked about enough is, is Danny Amendola. Fantastic yeah, stuff. I think he, Fantastic stuff. I, I think ahead. he's going to be a safe guy. I think Danny Amendola is going to be a, like a safety valve, not like a check down. Literally what you just said, he kind of falls into a comfort zone. Um, he's a great route runner, obviously. You know, that's what got him through the playoffs. He was able to get open on so many routes. He's not a really fast guy, but he can get open. Um, so I think he's going to factor in there, um, but I think it's going to get spread out. I, I see Kenny, the way I see Kenny running those routes, he's running where Jarvis used to run. They didn't change anything about this offense. Yeah, they're putting Tannehill right back Good. where he was before, and they've replaced a couple of people along the way. Um, I, you know, I want to see how they use Wilson at the same time as, say, Grant and Kenny. Those are three of the fastest guys in the league. You know, so yes. you look at you look at it that way, and look at what you have. I mean, two of them are great route runners, and one of them's working on it. So you got well, Kenny and. Go ahead. Hopefully we see some jet sweeps from those guys because it sounds like those are the guys to run it. I mean, all off season they've been going back and forth like they're going to do a race and figure out who's actually the fastest, and Adam Gase is not having it. And, you know, Kenny, no. Albert, <laughs> and uh, Jakeem all insist they're the fastest. So you look at that and just the competition within with these guys and look what they can bring to the field. Six out of these seven that we just discussed, are going to be in a solid rotation to keep them fresh. And it's going to be hard to have a key fantasy player in that Dolphins receiving core this year because there's going to be so many moving pieces. Chester, Chester, that sounds yeah. to me like we got a New England, New England situation here, like you mentioned, at the fantasy wide receiver position. Telling you, it is, it is going to be the Miami way, New England you're going to see a couple teams as we continue to break down the quarterbacks and the running backs next week and the wide receivers, uh, my own list and whatnot, where teams are following suit that a more diverse offense. There's two complete schools of thought, the old school where you're a power team running the ball and then one that just says, we're spreading the ball out. Good luck guessing where it's going next. So uh, I see, the, I see yeah. Oh, what you're saying, I'm loving what you're saying. And i got to borrow a term from one of my favorite broadcasters, God rest his soul, Keith Jackson. There's not too many hog mollies out there at offensive line anymore that can just plow the road, so to speak. So I think you're, mm-hmm. Miami doesn't have any of them from what I can see. So I agree with you completely on that. Could be fun to watch. And as always, great stuff, Ryan. Ryan, uh, just real quick before we wrap up, going to be able to make it, you know, yet Tuesday. Am I going to be able to see you down there? What time is it? Uh, I think it's eight thirty. Are you picking me up? Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as let me check with the boss and make sure she doesn't have work because she's going back really soon. And as long as she doesn't have work, I don't. So I'll sounds good, bro. In the morning. I'm going. All right, morning. I'm I'm waiting on a text to see if I have passes for the family and friends area though because it's members only day. 
and I don't want to bake mm-hmm. in the sun. So I, I hit up one of the guys hoping for a family and friends pass tomorrow. So I'll let you know. Oh, what for I tomorrow? See Good. Tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Have yeah. fun. Have fun. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> Fins on fins. And Ryan, let me tell you something. Uh, we'll be joining you on one of those shark adventures real soon. Uh, if you haven't noticed, folks, go to Ryan Walton Official, okay, on Facebook, and go check out his adventures. And they really are fantastic times. Ryan, I'm going to tell the people about all this, and I'll tell you from firsthand experience, man, you do a fantastic job. Uh, if you ever come down to Florida, if you're not in the Florida area and you want to go out and learn and have a great time with Ryan himself, you can join him and his pals. His pals come without a cage, and his pals uh, swim around with him. Uh, Ryan d- goes ahead and snorkels with sharks without a cage and uh, teaches everybody about that phenomenal time. He takes out some players. He has all kinds of players and uh, that go out with him now, and it's just a fun time. Ryan, as always, great stuff. Looking forward to more good times on the next Fins Up. And thanks so much. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Fins up. See you, Ryan. Yeah, fins up, buddy. Fins up. Yeah, yeah. As long as they're not shark fins up, I'll tell you. No, it's a true story, though. I ended up doing that, and it was a phenomenal time. I I really – I went into it going, oh, my God, this is absolutely crazy, and came away with one of the greatest times in my life and so much knowledge to be learned about these creatures – Ryan does a fantastic job on the conservation of of them, and uh, go check him out. Ryan Walton, official. He's everywhere. He's on Instagram. He's on he, Facebook. And oh, yeah. That. Go check him out. Facebook at all. Folks, right now, Jesse, we're going to take – yeah. You're going to pick You're gonna pick me up, too, uh, Tuesday for, for camp? I better leave now. You can come. <laughs> I'll pick you up, but i got to leave now. You take care of the rest of the show, and I'm on my way. No problem. But, I don't uh, think I no. can replace you, man. Yes, you can. Keep kidding. Uh, listen, I'm I'm working on a trained monkey for the days that I can't do the show um, to go ahead and take my place. Oh my! I'm some blue bearded guy who listens to the blue. Be- Actually, never mind. A lot of people seem to listen to the blue bearded guy. Who you really should listen to, though, JT. This is phenomenal stuff. Sarah Kelly, you know, folks, those oh, yeah. of you who don't know Sarah Kelly, she's our resident medical expert. She joins us tonight in a pre-recorded interview. She just sits down, me, that would be me, and discusses ACL injuries. And uh, phenomenal, more than I was truly ever expecting on Aaron Rodgers and that shoulder repair. Folks, this is what I've got with Sarah Kelly, PA-C. That's right, folks. You know, as we come back off of all the Miami sunglasses, oh, that sounds great and all that. And somebody that, you know, isn't just a medical expert here, but also goes out diving with Mrs. Jester and Brian and everybody from the show and all, all that great stuff, okay? You know, it's fun that she has, you know, these great times with everybody else. With me, I mean, it's a mixed bag. I enjoy having her on the show, but the person that got me uh, blocked from Matthew Berry is about to come on. For those of you who aren't familiar with her, we have Sarah Kelly about to come on with us. And to me, if you've got 
a PA who's certified. And she's on your show and she's your medical expert. And if you tweet simple words, my medical expert is better than yours. That's no reason to block somebody. I didn't curse. I wasn't nasty. I wasn't rude or anything. I just said the truth. He's got a physical therapist. I have a PA, a certified PA at that. So without any further ado, let's bring in the uh, medical expert that's better than Matthew Berry. Sorry, Matt. Can't help it, bud. Sarah Kelly, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Jester. How are you? I have a better medical expert than Matthew Perry. I'm doing great, personally. (laughs) I don't know how Matthew feels about all this right now, but, hey, that's his problem. Uh, Anyway, listen, Sarah, uh, as always, you're going to give us some fantastic information. For those of you who are new, we asked Sarah about the players' injuries, and I've got a major one I want to get to. But first, for those of you who are hearing all these injuries, In the NFL, ACL, we've had 10 of them, maybe 11. Uh, It depends on the new report I'm hearing from today. Might have 11 ACLs already in preseason. Sarah, real quick for everybody, tell them the difference between when you hear an ACL injury, an MCL, or a PCL. Okay, so the ACL uh, is the anterior cruciate ligament. That helps. And the PCL is the posterior cruciate ligament. Those are the two ligaments on the center of your knee that keep it from going too far forward or too far backwards. The MCL is the medial collateral ligament, which is on the inside portion of the knee. And then there's the LCL, which is the lateral collateral ligament, which is on the outside of the knee. That keeps the knee from going too far in or out. So these are all your pivoting, stabilizing ligaments. All right. You know, um, and so when – you hear the ACL injury. How do you fix that? Is that like Tommy John where they go into the elbow and fix, change the ligament out and all that? Uh, what, what is the process here when fixing that? Um, the elbow is a little bit different, uh, but the idea is the same. You want to go in, you want to take uh, a lot of times you take out the uh, injured portion of the ligament and then you either have a graft, which is from a cadaver or from yourself. Um, and you, basically bore the ligament back into the bone with uh, screws that are dissolvable uh, mm. and that you have a new, you actually make a new ligament. The screws dissolve. Cool. The, the, the technology today is kind of neat. The screws, uh, they actually look like uh, drywall anchors, uh, but they're a little oh, bit okay. bigger and, and your bone actually grows into those areas and then the, the screw will eventually disappear. And, and the older, surgeries you know years ago you'll see a metal screw that if you get an mm-hmm. x-ray of somebody's knee but now nowadays on uh, younger athletes you'll see these dissolvable ones that the bone actually grows into fantastic now uh, what is when you have an acl injury what are your likelihoods uh, of having a reoccurrence or is that just again a 50 50 kind of thing just same as your old acl no, it's it's you definitely at an increased risk of having a re-tear, especially in the first 24 months. Uh, there are some studies that show that athletes are about six times greater to have a recurrence uh, for, than the first tear itself. Wow. So you want to make sure that these athletes are rehabbing their knee properly and wearing their braces that they need to be wearing or else it'll definitely happen again. 
Hmm. Interesting. So, uh, okay, now let me ask you, go, taking that one step further, you talk about all these repeated, they, you know, likely to have repeated injuries. With repeated ACL injuries, is that something that, you know, with old age is just going to be a nightmare to deal with? You might have to have surgery again on it? Yeah, you can definitely have repeat ACL reconstructions, but every time you go into a joint or, you know, have surgery, there's going to be some tissue loss, and, and that's going to maybe lead to more arthritic changes coming faster uh, or sooner down the line as the person ages. Um, they're definitely going to have terrible knees by the time they're, you know, 40 if these guys are in their 20s and they're having recurrent tears. I've heard, and let me, I, I didn't uh, send this one over to you. This is an afterthought as we've been speaking. The degree of the injury on your ACL, is that why sometimes we see guys go down like they were shot and you hear, okay, well, they have a torn ACL and then you got guys that are walking off on their own after being down and they have the same torn ACL. Is that just a pain tolerance thing or could that just go to the degree? It can go to the degree. You can sprain your ACL where you don't actually have a full thickness tear. You can partially tear your ACL and then you can fully tear your ACL. A lot of that though, you know, on the fully torn ACL, it's a, it's a pop, the knee swells up because they bleed like crazy uh, on the inside of the joint and Again, it would be pain tolerance to the individual themselves on how they're dealing with it. Um, but they're not they're not fun injuries, and they are very painful when they happen. All right. All right. Thanks. The great stuff on the knee. We've been hearing a lot about the ACL injuries early on in the preseason. And it, it just some great info there. Let you know what these guys are going to go through. Normal rehab time on an ACL when they replace it? Mm, you're going to have restriction in the range of motion um, just from the jump. Um, and those braces that you see the guys wearing, they have hinges on the side. You can actually lock them to certain degrees of flexion. Um, and that during the rehab time, you know, the first six to eight weeks, that's when they're starting to stretch that uh, ligament out again uh, to get the range of motion. And then they're strengthening exercises to make sure that the knee is stabilized too. So your muscles, I've always reiterated this too, is your muscles around those joints have to be strong to help support self. So um, that's why their preseason training is very important for them too. Interesting. Interesting. Great stuff, Cyrus. Great. And here, this is the probably the number one reason why I really wanted you on the show tonight. Next week on the Fantasy Justice Show, uh, I go ahead and give out my quarterback rankings and my running back rankings. And I'm getting, I guess, let's call this a preemptive strike for those Green Bay fans that are going to get on me when they see uh, I have told people to stay away from their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Now, Sarah, let me just give you a little history and what I found out, and then I'm going to ask you to go ahead and fill in the blanks about what you may or may not know uh, regarding. Back in 2013, Aaron Rodgers had a clavicle injury. He broke his collarbone, folks. And uh, now in 2017, last year, he broke the same collarbone, almost in the same place. And now, Sarah... 
they've gone ahead and not just put in what I'm hearing, one plate with seven screws. I'm hearing that they've put in two plates, 13 screws. Now, I have my own personal numbers, and I'll go through that with you in a minute. But let me ask you something. As far as that collarbone and the collarbone injuries, tell me something. Tell us all something about it. And why two plates? Having done many of uh, open reduction internal fixation of the collarbone in my career, um, I've never seen two plates put on, but I'm also not treating professional athletes. Um, But the point of the plate is to be able to start uh, range of motion on the shoulder earlier um, by fixating the bone. When you move your arm, that collarbone rotates. And so if it's not fixated with the plate, it can hurt because those fracture pieces are moving around. So when you put the plate on, you can start ranging the shoulder early. For a quarterback, that's important. Now, if you think of a piece of wood that's cut in half, that's your collarbone you want to get three points at least two or three points of secured fixation on either side of the fracture site to be able to say that's a secure uh, or appropriate fixation with the plate Mm -hmm. now if you're putting a plate on the other side of the clavicle on the back side or the top you're putting more holes in the bone to be able to fixate a fracture so i don't know if that's you know i've never heard of that i've never been in part of that surgery um Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that will even matter the other thing is is yeah these plates are metal but i'll tell you what you can bend them you can bend them by hand it takes a little force but if you've got some big guy coming to tackle your quarterback and he hits him hard enough that plate can bend i've seen plates break i've seen screws break i've seen fractures break uh, along with that and then guess what? You get to start all over again. So if the bone is not healed, then the plate is just there. You know, you still have healing to do after the plate is put on to even secure that fracture um, completely. He's had, he's had, uh, he's had almost a year of healing, but what yeah, I'm, and I'm reading. Sure that initial, yeah. I'm sure that initial fracture has healed that the bone takes about six to eight weeks to heal completely where you'll see what we call callus over the fracture site, which is the new bone formation. And the fracture mm-hmm. line actually disappears after um, you get repeat x-rays when the bone is healed, but he's okay. getting hard. And so it's broken again, you know, I, I mean, I, me I don't know if two plates is really going to be the answer. Okay. It, wow. So you don't know, could, could they have just used two plates to try and get him back as soon as possible? That was, a, that was, that was the idea or were they doing, I mean, cause it doesn't sound like it's something that's a long term fix. I, I'll give you an idea, Sarah, right now I'm hearing, and this is, these are the numbers that I've read is that they're giving it a 37% chance of re-injuring it this year. Is that accurate to, in your estimation? I mean, if his blockers aren't doing their job, it could be even higher, you know. Um, if he gets hit one good time, it, it, I mean, it's just the amount of force he gets hit with, the, the way he lands, does he land directly on that shoulder, it can it can break again. Um, so a 270-pound lineman that, sacking him wouldn't be good? No, especially if he falls directly on that shoulder or has his arm outstretched, anything like that. 
It'll it'll the be other, interesting to see. I said it'll just be interesting to see if it actually helps. I mean, it will definitely get him out there faster because, like I said, once the bone is fixated with the plate, you can start throwing and, and doing things. But it's still going to be very sore for him too. And well, that was it's like probably going to be pretty uncomfortable with. Yeah, well, it's pro- well with the new surgery. It's still it's going to be uncomfortable for him to have shoulder pads on because it the scar may be tender in that area. I mean, it could be. It could but be the they end. Have, they have, wow. Because he's been, okay, he's been fine so far in practice. He's throwing the ball around. Uh, maybe this is why he's pushing so hard for his new contract. I don't, I don't know. Um, they also have him projected, and I don't know how accurate this is, and, and you could tell me if it's bunk or not. Uh, I prefer if you tell me if it's bunk so I know. They have it proje- projected as missing at least two games just for maintenance. Because his skin has got to heal. So two games, is that's two weeks, right? Two weeks of games. Skin, you know, in that area, we usually take sutures out at, you know, 10 to 14 days. So just for the skin no, to no, heal. No, 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 getting... he no. No, no, he had this surgery last year. He had the surgery uh, oh, at, oh, at oh. the end of last okay. season. So it's just, no, he's already gone through the rehab process. Everything's all healed and everything. And he's coming into this new season now after having that last year. So, yeah, and that's my thing is they're saying that even with that, there's two uh, projected two games missed for maintenance. Uh, That that would worry me right there. Yeah, I mean, that that might have something to say about how his rehab has gone. I mean, if he had a surgery a year ago, it, it should be healed up definitely by now. Um, yeah, and like there I said, are so far he's looked good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things called non-union where the bone actually doesn't heal and you need to have, you know, bone stimulators, potential of bone graft. I mean, but they would have probably mentioned that because he would have had to undergo probably another surgery if it wasn't healing. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, no. Right now he's throwing the ball well. Not getting any contact. Well, that's he's throwing yeah. the ball. <laughs> exactly. He's going to really have to rely on his line to protect him. So, in other words, uh, it's not really someone you would recommend. Now, I know you play fantasy, right? You play fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. And uh, – so no, so and you've played before. Now is this a guy knowing all this information about his health and where he currently stands going into this season? Is this somebody that you would recommend still? I mean, if they're already projecting him to be out for the first two games and knowing the injury and that, I would take that as a sign of his rehab's probably not going that great. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't even bother. No. No, no, what, what it is is they're projecting they're, – no, no, they're projecting he's going to make the first game and he'll play. They're saying that somewhere during the season he may need a game or two at least to for rest. maintenance. Yeah, to rest it. Yeah, no, then I wouldn't bother. Because you, you don't know when those games are going to be, you know. You don't know where those games are going to be, and I'm telling you, it, it doesn't and seem like a And if he gets like hit large, once, that's – it's going to be interesting to see when he takes his first hit. See, that's how the much thing. it'll affect him. I, I don't know how much I can trust that it's 
a 37, they're saying 37% chance of re-injury. I don't know. I mean, that's a high percentage. That That's a pretty high percentage, especially in medicine. I mean, that's, Is it? That's, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, when right. you talk about complications of surgeries and everything, and a normal, normally healthy patient, you should be down in the ones and twos. Ew. Okay. So I don't know if I would. I don't know if I would bother with picking him. Understood. I mean, maybe as a backup. I don't know. Great stuff, and you've done a bunch of these, huh? Interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, you're awesome as always. I don't care what Matthew Berry thinks. <laughs> now, if Aaron Rodgers goes out there and has a rocket of an arm, <laughs> don't mm-hmm. hold me responsible because any other guy <laughs> would have probably not done so hot this season. Uh, listen, it wouldn't be the first time people bitch at me. It won't be the last time, so I'm not worried about it. I'll take the heat for you. I got you. Ditto. Anyway. You're in good yeah. company, Jester. <laughs> always you're great great thanks so much as always you're wonderful to have on thank you so much sarah you have a great night thank you too <laughs> sweet sweet lady absolutely fantastic to talk to and i got a conversation that i wasn't expecting so i want to just lead right off with it jt the green bay line huh. is it good enough right I don't think it is. I mean, and you look at, at uh, family, whatever they call their family day here recently, about a week ago, their best lineman, left tackle, you know, the guy that blocks Rodgers' blindside, David Bakhtiari, luckily mm-hmm. avoided serious injury but already has a bad sprain on his ankle. That's something that can linger. If it affects his mobility on kicking out on an outside, an outside speed rusher of some kind, you know, mm-hmm. Rodgers' blindside's wide open once again. Balaga's always hurt. I don't think the Elaine Taylor's their answer left guard, but I don't think they've ever replaced Josh Sitton since he left two years ago. So I, that line is in shambles, in my opinion. You really look at the running backs as well, your Aaron Jones, Williams, Ty Montgomery. None of these guys are known for their blitz pickup capability. So oof. Now, I'm avoiding Aaron Rodgers in pretty much any format personally. We're talking about a guy that hasn't been available for the fantasy playoffs I believe it's three, if not four straight years. So I, I'm sorry. I think, you, I think you're right. I think the writing's on the wall. What Sarah has to say is very enlightening. And, again, you look at these linemen that are 320, 330, that can run like running backs used to run, and all it takes is one time for somebody to miss a block or Bakhtieri goes down, and, and what happens to Aaron Rodgers? So, wow, yeah. Yeah, no thanks. you got to understand, for me, I went into it with a completely other mindset because I happened to know a lot of Green Bay Packers fans and wanted to reassure them that the work being done is something that could hold up. And as Sarah's telling me that, I'm just like, oh, my God, I didn't know. I mean, I wasn't (laughs) taking him because I wasn't sure. But then she goes into that kind of degree of it and somebody who's done several and kind of has an idea what she's talking about. It, it, it really becomes interesting conversation for those poor Green Bay fans. And it's Hunley ready now. And that's something that you have to watch. Yeah. If you're, no. if you're an owner of Aaron Rodgers, uh-huh. you better be paying attention to this preseason to Hunley. Exactly. And quickly, I, I want to make sure all the Packers fans listen out there know, I'm not disputing Aaron Rodgers' talent. He's, 
one of the most talented no. quarterbacks I've ever seen. I'm not yes. disputing that at all. That's not why I'm avoiding him. But if he's not out there to play, that talent doesn't, mean, doesn't do me damn things. And I'm wondering, <laughs> with you talking about this with Sarah Kelly, if that's going to affect anything later in your uh, tight end rankings. No, my tight end rankings are going to stay the same. I've already put that into yeah, account. Try. Because I've, try, I've talked to her. Um, no, uh, like I said, I think uh, I think it's going to be something that's going to be extremely interesting to watch. And let's be honest, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan, probably you're going to spend a good portion of your season holding your breath on every blitz. Uh-huh. Let's every be hit, yep. Every blitz. You're going to be holding your breath. He He hesitates for a second to get up. You're going to have to also pick up half the Green Bay fans. Fans, and do you lose his rushing yards now? Is it where he can't even get those extra rushing yards because uh, of a safety or a linebacker leading with the helmet one time, and he's fried? I don't see him as a – yeah, because I don't see him as a guy that's going to be playing it safe. No, I see him going out and trying to be him, you know. And, you know, you get the Greg Williams in you on the sideline and say, hey, all it takes is one guy putting a hit a helmet on that shoulder. We'll take that 15-yard flag. Boom. He's out. See ya. Before we get to those aforementioned tight ends, we're going to wrap up now with our segment on the wide receivers. We left off with Nick giving Kelvin Benjamin as an AFC sleeper. JT, who are you giving? Oh, I want to talk about a guy that plays in the same, uh, same division, AFC East guy that was a top 20 wide receiver last year that nobody talks about in Robbie Anderson from the New York Jets. Again, top 20 wide receiver last year, 963 yards, seven touchdowns, and a mess at the quarterback situation. You know, I know it was preseason, but old Sam Darnold looked pretty good last night from, from you know, from the eye test when I gave him, a, I gave him a look. This is a guy that has a lot of talent. Third-year receiver, that's usually the magical year for wide receivers when they really, the light comes on. I see yep. a guy that you know, yeah, you've got Quincy and Numa back. That doesn't affect Robbie Anderson at all. That affects uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Curse. Curse, is that's who that affects. That doesn't affect Robbie Anderson in any way, shape, or form. I can see Anderson putting up over 1,000 yards, and I can see him getting 9 to 11 touchdowns. I think Darnold likes him from everything I've seen. He seems to favor him. The guy runs nice routes, and he's got some great athletic ability. So he's my AFC sleeper, Robbie Anderson. Nice. I like it. I like it more – that, you know, people are going to sit there. Those of those of you who know I'm from Jersey and all that are going to think I'm taking a guy that is from New Jersey. And matter of fact, yeah, not only is he from Jersey, he's from the town next to where I grew up in good old Tino, oh, New Jersey. Okay. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when, you know, really seems to be a really good kid from you know, people that I talk to back home that are, are still up there. He seems to be a really good kid. Got to like that 14.9 average he put up. And that's after, you know, his rookie year of putting up 14 even. So he gets right. it. I mean, he gets it. Now it's just going to be uh, as they continue to increase his workload, he went from 42 receptions up to 63. So, uh, and I got to see that continue on as this kid marches to, you know, I really like the I like the pick. I, I definitely do. Probably a little bit more than the Kelvin Benjamin pick. Uh, me personally, 
And because of all this talk and ahead of my wide receiver article, I'm going to go ahead and talk about a guy that is going to be on this list. Now, he might not be as uh, controversial, shall we say, as an Njoku at four on my tight end list. But this is a guy that's going 2025th receiver off the board. And, well, in my list, I won't be having him that low. A guy that, you know, he's out of Western Michigan. He's going to be in his second year playing in a whole new system, going to have a whole year under his belt. He missed part of the preseason and part of the beginning of the season last year with injury. Fifth overall pick last year, Corey Davis over on for the Tennessee Titans is a guy that I definitely think is going way too low for the talent level that he has. The talent level is just off the charts. You're talking about a a wide receiver core that is going to be down possibly for the first six months because he's still on the pop on the pop list. Rashard Matthews. Matthews. You're you're talking about a kid that on the Wonderlick where uh, 20 scores average he got 30, so he's a smart young man. But you take a look at his college numbers. You see, because people, I mean, how can you get lost on people's minds? You were a fifth overall pick. How do you get lost after one season? How do people forget that in 39 games, 39 games, he had 4,337 yards, 2014, 2015, 2016, the years that he was the starter. 78 catches, 89 catches in 97. He had 1,400 yards in 1,408, 1,429, and then 1,500 in yards. And then you go, oh, okay, well, he's getting a lot of yards. Is it, what's he doing with it? Is he getting to the end zone? Is he, is he really, you know, I, I get the uh, 111 yards per game. I get the 16.4 per catch. But he also is getting that touchdown, 15 in 2014, 12 in 2015, 2016, 19. This is a guy that's just going to produce top 10 numbers, top receiver numbers, going 25th receiver off the board is just insane. Real quick question, real quick on you. Yeah. And I want to bring back an old school gridiron guys term. I'm sorry, but I see Marcus Mariota as fool's gold at this point. I'm I'm down on Marcus Mariota. I think Corey Davis has immense talent. How are you feeling about Marcus Mariota? Actually, no. Um, I I have him higher than a lot of people on my board just simply because I think that this is going to be a more user-friendly offense. Last year's offense, first of all, was very vanilla. But even we've yes, seen, uh, between being vanilla and a crappy O-line, listen, I don't have to go very far, than my, much further than my own Giants, to see what a Super Bowl winning uh, quarterback and how he struggles behind a crappy O-line and how he does. Good point. Good point. So if we'll it's affecting an O-line manning, pardon me? I said, I said, I'll have to wait until next week to get on Mariota. Yeah, Mariota, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some interesting stuff because I don't have Mariota as low as some people out there because of 
the change in the offensive line, because of the change in the scheme, because he still can move. He can still extend the plays. You're going to see a guy, hey, listen, let's start getting into this tight end part of it, too, because this ties into it, okay? Why don't I have Walker as high as everybody? Why do I have him listed as a bust compared to everybody else, okay? It's because – it's because of Corey Davis. Right. It's because uh, it's because of Dion Lewis. It's John because Smith. of Johnu Smith. Yeah. So I mean, I'm with but, you, Jeff. You know, when you when you when you're talking about all that, when you're talking about a Johnu Smith, when you're still going to get production out of a Walker, and you're talking about an uptick in Corey Davis, and you're talking about having a release out to the side back. Okay, in the flat in Dion Lewis. Okay, well, who's throwing that? Not curious, George. That happens to be Marcus Mariota throwing that ball. So when you start to talk all this talent, yeah, maybe I'm onto something. So we'll see as we talk <laughs> quarterbacks next week. Uh, hey, that'd be crazy if I was onto something. Um, let's go ahead. Let's talk. You know, we were just talking about that and bust. AFC bust. He's got Vance McDonald. Nick gave everybody Vance McDonald. I just gave Walker. Who are you giving? AFC bust. I'm going to go with the guy, and this is more labeled because the guy cannot stay healthy, is Tyler Eifert. He announced himself ready to go. This guy has immense talent. He showed that his rookie year um, in, the, you know, in that system in, in, in Cincinnati where they use the tight end. Andy Dalton likes the tight end, but again, I just think this guy's being overvalued by a lot of people. This is a guy that has shown time and time again he can't stay healthy. I'm staying absolutely away from Tyler Eifert completely. Wow. Interesting. All right. Little Eifert there. Yeah, I, I'm not – I'm seeing a lot of other things going on, so I, 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 I can see that going on. I, I can see a whole philosophy changing uh, – there, so uh, I can go along with that and what you said, put it all together, and and I, I I'm right there with you. The only reason why I say Walker, in my opinion, is mm-hmm. probably a better bust than Eifert and and Vance McDonald is because out of the three, Walker, yeah, Walker has the by far higher ADP and um, a lot more to lose in that. Going ahead, let, let's keep up with the bust for a second, okay, and go over to NFC because you have somebody that Nick is given as a boom for a bust, but yes. Nick and I agree on the bust. So why don't you go ahead, give us why you have him as a bust as opposed to why Nick has him as a boom. Well, Jimmy Graham. You know, I want to talk. Yeah, I want to talk about Jimmy Graham. Everybody just assumes, oh, Jimmy Graham's in Green Bay now. He's going to blow up. Aaron Rodgers. No. When the Green Bay tight ends were fantasy relevant, Bubba Franks, Mark Chamora, how's Brett Favre throwing the football to these guys? Aaron Rodgers. He had a guy that's every bit as talented, if not more. Okay, in Martellus Bennett last season in Green Bay, mm-hmm. and he didn't even look at him. He didn't even look at him. He doesn't utilize his tight end. He utilizes Cobb, Adams, Nelson. Those are the guys he throws the ball. He throws the ball to his running back. I just don't see Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was a system player in, in New Orleans. Drew Brees 
made Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham should donate any kind of money he can to Drew Brees because that's the reason he got paid. Let's be realistic about it. We've also heard Sarah Kelly talk about Aaron Rodgers' injury and how frail and fragile that shoulder can be. I'm sorry, I don't see Mr. Hunley lighting it up on the scoreboard for fantasy points anywhere. So, to me, Jimmy Graham is being way overdrafted. He's my bust in the NFC. Hmm. And you see, I have Olsen, and so does Nick. Mm-hmm. I have Olsen as a bust for a couple of reasons. And the biggest one is his age. He's starting to have problems with his feet. That's not good. Right. That's never no. good. Okay. They also are starting to accumulate actual wide receivers now. One in which with Mr. Samuel that they are saying that, as Steve Smith said, is the first wide receiver to be able to replace him. I really, why I gave him, I'm actually predicting the injury. See, unlike some people okay. going, yeah, well, he's going to be a, he's going to be a bust, and because he's going to play and not do well, no, he's going to be a bust because I'm calling the injury now. He's never going to play 16, ever. No, I like that. Now let me ask you: and, Do you see Christian McCaffrey taking targets away too? Because we're talking about full time McCaffrey now. Uh, I don't see a I don't see a difference in where it goes. The difference in the distribution. I see in the tight end that they got in the draft, and then I see it, uh, okay. in the wide receiver they got in the draft. I like it. So, I, I mean, that's spot on. That, that's scary. That's scary. There was uh, – we're running out of time, folks. And, and just real quick, uh, JT, first of all, thanks for everything. Great job, oh, as always. We had a blast. Thank you. We're going to have uh, – we, we've got a hell of a show plan for you next uh, week and uh, we're going to address a situation that JT and I are starting to have to deal with. We're getting questions about the rumors F X X E (laughs) people are asking, people are wondering what the hell is that all about? We'll we'll get to, we'll get to that in a minute because we've got to, you know what? We'll get to that next show. I've got somebody on the line real quick that if in two minutes he can go ahead and give me hell, let's give it to him. Doug Headley, okay, wants to talk about <laughs> why I am wrong with Pat Mahomes. Real quick, Doug, you got a minute. Hit it. Hello? Uh-huh. Yeah, Doug, Hello. why am I wrong? Okay. You got a minute. Why I am I wrong? I need, to know your, I need to know your exact stance real quick. We're on Patrick Mahomes because I'm not sure where you're at on that. Where am I he at? He's a bust. Where, yeah. I'm saying bust this year, fantasy-wise. No way. No way. No way. There's no way. You've got the weapon. Why? Huh? The only thing that can hold that back is the offensive line. Other than that, everything's there. You're probably judging that off that little preseason game, aren't you? I'm going by his history. He he doesn't have a history of always being the most accurate player. That's what I'm going by. And then, yeah, now starting to have questions on a line just seems like uh, – and then to me, that whole, you know, people have been talking about where there's going to be a one-two punch and seeing a lot of running game to protect that 
quarterback, I believe. We'll talk more. Doug, why don't you call in next week, okay? Because we're going to be talking quarterbacks. We'll have more time to talk with you. I'll be here. All right, great. Folks, there you have it. We're going to have Doug Hadley uh, calling yes, in talking KC. Thanks so much, Doug. Folks, You're welcome. Fantasy Jester Show, that was it, folks, for the, for the Fantasy Jester predictions, special editions. Great stuff, as always, from the gang. Thank you so much for joining us. I am out. Hi, this is Bob Tewksbury, former Major League pitcher and author of 90% Mental, and you've been listening to Jester Fantasy. Or fantasy jester, shit. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.